Praise the Lord. <clears throat> well, it's quite the title tonight, Dead Flies in the Ointment. It's not as good as snakes and ladders, but it'll have to do. It's right out of the Word of God, Ecclesiastes 10.1. Let's go there. Dead flies in the ointment. Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. So does a little folly to one respected for wisdom and honor. I'm interested in the first part of that verse tonight. Dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. I want to speak tonight about the ointment, the holy oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. We have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. The touch of God is upon our lives. And there are no words to describe its worth. That the presence of God, that the Holy Spirit, that the anointing oil would be upon our lives. Isaiah said this. He said it of himself first, Isaiah 61.1, even though it's used in reference to Christ as Messiah. But he said, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Isaiah the prophet, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. When you are anointed, you can do things that other people cannot do. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. He's lifted me up to live in another realm. He's gifted me by the gifts of the Spirit. He's in me to help me bring deliverance and victory, the opening of the prison, the blessing of the Lord to people. The word anoint, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. The word anoint means to rub or smear with oil, to work oil into a person's life, to work the anointing into a person's life to rub or smear with oil. Jesus was called Messiah. They looked forward when Messiah comes, when Messiah comes, because they saw in the Old Testament, they saw glimpses of him and how powerful the Spirit of God would be upon his life. Messiah means the anointed, the anointed one, the one incredibly anointed with the Holy Spirit to do signs and wonders and bring blessing and bring release from captivity, to forgive sins and minister life to the people. When Messiah comes, everything will be different. When the touch of God comes, everything will be different. Jesus was called Messiah. We've been anointed by the Holy Spirit, and we must work the oil of God into our lives. Let's work that anointing deep into our lives. This anointing oil in the Old Testament, you can read about it in Exodus 30, it was compounded by the divine apothecary, God himself. God said, these are the ingredients that I want in the anointing oil. This is a special oil that I have crafted and I want it upon my people. And God said, if anybody tries to copy it and operate in a false anointing, that person will be cut off from my people. Have you ever seen anyone with a, met anyone with a false anointing? A pretender? Sooner or later, they're cut off from God's people. They play the part, they're in the house, but they're not anointed by the Holy Spirit. 
They're there for acceptance, maybe popularity, other reasons, hidden agendas in their own life. But eventually they're cut off from God's people because you can't copy the holy oil, God says, and prosper. He has a special oil. He has a special anointing for our lives, that anointing of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 1.21 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God. He who establishes us gives us stability, unmovable, persevering, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Now he who establishes us and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Isaiah 10, 27. It shall come to pass in that day that his burden, the oppressor, the enemy, his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The release from captivity, bondage, behaviors, things that aren't right in our attitude and in our life, God says the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. The oppressor is broken because of the anointing. We need to work the anointing deep into our lives. A deepening anointing in us, a greater search and hunger after God, a greater cry after the Holy Spirit as we walk with God. The anointing deepens. It has to be smeared. It has to be rubbed. It has to be worked into the new creation life. Work it into your spirit. Work it into your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Work it into your physical body so your body is separated and consecrated and holy unto the Lord. When we first get saved, we receive an anointing. We receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but it's just the beginning. And isn't it wonderful to walk with God over the years of life and see people that have walked with God and really sought after the Lord with all their heart? Isn't it a beautiful thing to see that anointing upon their lives, that separation, that consecration, that holy touch of God? See, the oil of God was a fragrant oil, a fragrant oil. And God says, I want my people to deepen their anointing walk deeper into my presence, receive a greater touch of my presence upon their lives. Point number one tonight, guard your anointing. Guard your anointing. When you think about it, is there anything more precious, more valuable in your life than the anointing of God? The anointing of the Holy Spirit? Nothing compares to it. The sense of God's presence the life of the Holy Spirit, the touch of his ministry upon us. It's the most valuable commodity we carry in our life, the ointment of God, the holy oil put upon our lives. The anointing sets us apart from other men and women in the earth. The anointing enables us to do things that we normally and naturally cannot do. The anointing enables us to do things that other people cannot do. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The anointing of God 
lifts us so we can live in, the, in a dimension where other people cannot live. We walk in the high places of God. We're fed with the heritage of Jacob. We live in heavenly places in Christ. The anointing oil is a fragrant oil. The fragrance of Christ. The fragrance of the divine nature. Don't you hate the smell of the flesh? Now the works of the flesh are made manifest. Anger and strife and bitterness and immorality and wrong attitudes and bickering and despair, discouragement. There's a fragrance of Christ. That anointing oil puts a fragrance on us, the very fragrance of heaven. God said, I put these ingredients in the anointing oil. This was not crafted by any man. I put this anointing, this fragrant oil together, and I put it upon my people, and I put it on those who hunger after me. Guard the anointing. Guard the anointing. Don't lose the anointing, because if you lose the anointing, you will dip and can fall into many serious errors and temptations, struggles and difficulties. We must guard the ointment, guard the anointing. Don't let anything interfere with the anointing. No dead flies in the anointing. No dead flies in the anointing. Bible tells us about King Saul in 2 Samuel 1.21. King Saul didn't guard his life. He was anointed of God. He could have walked in victory all the days of his life, overcoming his enemies, overcoming his own flesh, his own attitudes, the warfare against him, but he succumbed. And the Bible says these words, he died by the enemy's sword. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew, neither, neither let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings, for there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away the shield of Saul as though he had not been anointed with oil. And yet Samuel the prophet came and anointed him and poured out the oil upon him. The flask of oil went upon him. He was anointed of the living God and God had great and tremendous promises and great destiny for King Saul, but he fell to the flesh. He lost the anointing. He didn't guard the anointing and he died in the day of battle on the hills, the mountains of Gilboa. 1 Samuel 16, 13 to 18 tells us of Samuel and David. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. When you get anointed, the Holy Spirit rests on you. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, but the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. If you reject the Holy Spirit, there's only one other spirit. And Saul's servants said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. Verse 23 says, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well 
and the evil spirit departed from him. David was anointed by the Holy Spirit, and he could drive back enemy powers. He could break depression. He could even drive sickness off King Saul by that anointing. Let's get anointed, and let's stay around anointed people. <laughs> Worshippers like David, people anointed of the living God. Point number one tonight, guard your anointing. It's the most precious thing you have, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the fragrant oil of heaven. Number two, the enemy targets the anointing. The enemy targets the anointing. Dead flies in the ointment. Dead flies in the ointment. The enemy targets the anointing. He seeks to defile it. He seeks to corrupt it. He seeks to pollute it, to putrefy it. Just ask Samson. So incredibly anointed of God that when he was under the anointing, there's not one enemy that could touch him. He was protected. He was strong. He was mighty. He had the word of the Lord. He was a deliverer. He was a savior. He could walk in power through the land and see God's people blessed. But he became careless with the anointing. Judges 16, 20 to 21. Delilah said, the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. He lost the anointing. He was careless with the anointing. The enemy targets the anointing. The enemy was after that man of God. The enemy wanted to bring him down. The enemy wanted to spoil him and defile his life. And he fell to temptation, became a grinder in the prison. Thankfully, his hair began to grow again. The anointing of God was yearned for and longed for. He realized what he had lost, and he pined for it. And in the end, he brought down his enemies. Ecclesiastes 10.1, dead flies putrefy the perfumer's ointment and cause it to give off a foul odor. Dead flies, dead flies in the anointing, dead flies in the, in the ointment. The enemy targets the anointing. Mark 3.22, and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, Jesus has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. They called Jesus Beelzebub. Beelzebub was a term that was used for a Philist the Philistine god Baal. It was one of the names applied to him, Beelzebub meaning Lord of the dwelling. But the Jews, it appears, by a variation in pronunciation, set it forth as Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. 
dead flies in the ointment, Beelzebub, the chief of the demons, the ruler of the demons, Satan himself, Beelzebub, the lord of the flies. Flies are disgusting. They're filthy. They're polluted. They are vile. Lord of the flies. The enemy, Beelzebub, wants to defile our anointing. He goes after our anointing. He tries to get his enemy agents in there by thoughts, by feelings, by words, by lies. Cast out Beelzebub. Cast out Beelzebub. Come against him. Number one tonight, guard your anointing. Number two, the enemy targets the anointing. Where he sees an anointed life, he wants to go and defile that anointing because he knows the worth and he knows the wonder of the anointing of God. Number three, shoe fly. Don't bother me. You know, that catchy little song was written in the 1860s and been repopularized as a children's song. It was a minstrel song written in the 1860s. Shoe Fly, you can listen to it on the internet if you want right after service shoe fly don't bother me shoe fly don't bother me shoe fly don't bother me for i belong to somebody well we belong to somebody and his name starts with a capital s somebody our lord and savior jesus christ this song was sung it's said by soldiers in the spanish-american war of 1893 when Flies and yellow fever mosquitoes were a threat. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. You know, flies are a pest in all the earth. People hate flies. They fight against them. They have fly swatters and fly catchers and fly strips and fly traps and fly sprays all over the earth. People are protecting themselves from flies. The message is obvious. They protect their animals. Do you know that people even anoint their animals to protect them from flies and insects? Put ointment around their eyes and around their nose and mouth and Upon their ears to protect them from those pests, from that plague, from that irritation and annoyance which drives them crazy at times. Stampede the animals. Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. You know, 14 years ago, I guess it was, I took Pastor Mark with me when we went to northern Manitoba our neighboring province, to uh, preach at a Bible camp. And my, the setting was beautiful. But we couldn't believe the environment. Insects and flies and horse flies and bull flies and mosquitoes by the millions. 
the children on the playground, on the swings and playing in the sand during the day, they had hats on with mosquito net hanging down around their shoulders. Or they couldn't even play outside because of the constant bombardment and harassment of these flies and insects and horse flies biting at them. Well, it was a rustic camp. And Pastor Mark and I, I wanted to phone home once in a while, so we'd have to walk down this main road over a kilometer, and there was a phone booth. And so we'd walk down this road, and it was a nightmare. And these horse flies and insects, they just come at you. You could hardly make your way. You're swatting them away as you're walking down the road. Well, Pastor Mark got so annoyed that he started to curse them. He didn't swear at them, he, although it was enough to make a preacher swear. But he would curse them. I curse you, you wicked things. Go back to hell where you came from. And I'd laugh and feel the same. Lord of the flies. Lord of the flies. Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. There's an attack. There's an attack of the enemy in the earth against all people. And the enemy agents are there against our own lives. And we must be wise because the enemy wants to destroy the anointing. He wants to defile the anointing. He wants to defile the consecration, the holiness, the purity on our lives. You know, the automatic response the immediate response when a fly comes into your presence is what? To swat it away. There's a lesson. First the natural, then the spiritual. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Enemy agents, enemy voice, lie, temptation, seducing feelings, whatever they are, I cast you out, Beelzebub. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Let's have the worship team come. Let's stand. Ephesians 4, 27. The Bible says, nor give place to the devil, nor give place to Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Give him no place. Shoe fly, shoe thought. I come against you. Get away from me. You know, I don't know if it's a good image, but kind of I'm viewing tonight this Bible as a big fly swatter. And we need to bring it down hard on the enemy and live in the victory of Christ. Give no place to the devil. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, arguments in ourselves against the promises of God, arguments in our home, arguments with people, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's our life, that's our destiny, that's our hope. Let's stay anointed in the living God. Let's close out tonight, worship, and 
Lift our hearts and hands to the Lord. Ask for that precious anointing. Thank God for the holy oil upon you. Thank God for the fragrant oil, the smell of heaven, the smell of Jesus, the smell of God's presence on your life. There's nothing greater, nothing more valuable, nothing more sustaining, nothing more protecting than the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The altars are always open. If you'd like prayer, or you'd like to come and spend some time before the Lord in his presence. The altar here, please slip out from where you are. Right now, let's surrender ourselves to the Lord again. Thank him for the holy oil. Thank him for the holy oil.